When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Dave Schrader, Mike Molina, Andy Brett Bernard, Tim Dennis, and the mortician-esque Ralph Tobasch, MD, Hackmaster. That's the first time that word's ever been used, mortician-esque. Or waiter-esque. Oh, waiter. Or Amish-ish. 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 A really good restaurant. I look a little little, uh, like I'd be on Highland Drive there in uh, Los Angeles, too, if I had the right hat and uh, and everything. you got to get the coat. you got to get the little curly... uh, Thing. Oh, yeah, you got to get the. That's I see. no doubt about. Amishish sounds like something a radio. The old time radio guys would say, "Say, listen, <laughs> what, what did radio guys used to do this?" So I was talking to this man, and he said, "That's a, better than this voice, themselves. Tom." Yeah, that is better than. <laughs> yeah, coming down the wire now. And the news. The news. Yes. All the news. All popular radio voices were just them imitating someone from before them. That's yeah. probably true. We will be right back. Part 2, Tom Bernard Show. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. 
It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. Been good. And how do they contact you? And uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Tidings of comfort or joy listening to Belinda Carlisle. Yeah, this is yeah. bad, yeah. Isn't it? She has a whole album on it. Of Christmas music. Of Christmas music? Yeah. Well, have you ever heard uh, Barbara Streisand's? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Jingle yeah. Bells? It's, Jingle Bells is the worst Christmas song ever when it, she sings it. I mean, I really think she's a very talented singer, oh, but that album... Sucks. The song everyone <laughs> pretends to love because it's Barbra Streisand. Oh, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle oh yeah, bell. She, oh, oh, it's very bad. Yeah, it's See, I'm not a big fan of Tony Bennett either, though. What? what? <laughs> oh, man, whoa. Get out! But you like Springsteen. No, no, I like Sinatra. I like Dean Martin. I like those. I, Tony Bennett just sounds like he's trying to be. Do you know that Frank Sinatra. said that he's... Tony was the best sound he had ever heard, the best singer. Yeah, he also said his son was a better singer than he was, so I just don't trust Frank. He was senile. He was missing Barbara. It's worse than I remember. <laughs> it is worse than you remember. It's the worst. It yeah. is just bad. Quite no, bad. She's okay. a magnificent singer, but not that one. We have a comment on Facebook Uh-oh. for Uh-oh. you. It's Monica, and Is I'm going to totally butcher your last name, Indikowitz. 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 Hi. <laughs> she says, I've heard Tom say multiple times he's surprised you can say jag off. Jag off on, on network yeah. TV. Remember the old police fire show Third Watch? Yes. Bosco used to say it all the time, and that's been off the air for 12 years. He used to call people jag offs all the time? Yep. So I didn't know you could do that. So, well, there, there was a go. TV show called Jag, and now yes. that's off the air. Well, now that's <laughs> off the air, so Jag off. Yeah, that so, works for me. There I don't you think, go. I don't think Jag off actually comes from the thing that it sounds like. Oh, oh, um, oh, there's juxtaposition of words that I'm very uncomfortable with. Yes. That, just so you know, that's kind of the reason. That's that's what's going on. I have a stuffed oh, yeah, animal that you can hold. It comes but, from an old uh, obsolete verb, Jag, yeah. which means to um, poke. So it's like someone who's annoying, poke constantly off. poking you. Poke and, off? That makes no sense. And the jag that, that Davis talking about is Judge Advocate General. Judge, yeah. Yeah, judge was, Advocate yeah, General, that right, was, exactly. That was what the TV show was. That, and that wasn't very good TV. No, no. Not good at all. That's why it's off. That's why it's off now. <laughs> no, I think it lasted a long time, didn't it? It did, yeah. I will tell you something. Catherine and I have been watching <clears throat> for the past several months, and we watched one last night. Everybody Loves Raymond was hilarious. It was right. so God, funny. God, that show was Thank funny. God, that show was funny. It's so much funnier than any of the... Crap! They I mean, got even a TV B- today. Big Bang Theory is nowhere near as good <laughs> as it used to be. Kids in rock and roll music. <laughs> oh, Have exactly you ever watched right. the Big Bang Theory with the laugh track removed? No, but I bet you it's horrible. Yeah. I, I, I was like, oh, I love the show. I'm a nerd. I love sci-fi and right. comic book. These are right. my people. And I'd laugh along, and then you watch it, and they put it on YouTube. We should see if Molina could pull it up at some point. But you listen to it, and you hear the jokes, and you're like, oh, that's not funny. Thank you for inserting where I should laugh. Because <laughs> you really well, do realize it's without the... 
ah, you just. I think that this whole season that shows hasn't been that great. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, it's, Modern I think Family it's was one of my favorites for a long time. So long funny time. the first two years. Yeah, now, well, yeah. And it was okay, but yeah, the last three, four seasons, it's just dropped Girl, off no. so you got poorly. The international shows, like in England. You know, their sitcoms, they, they run a, a course or their dramas run a course and they're stopped right. because you run out of material. And, of course, the novellas in uh, in Mexico and Central America, those are have a certain period that they run and then it's over. And I think that they, they, they run these things in the ground monetarily. And yeah, I think just, they yeah, do. Being bad. I think you're right. Well, that's why I think a lot of the cable series are doing so well because they give you enough to make you want more. Like yeah, Walking Dead, uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, you know, weeds, shows like that on the different cable channels. Yeah. Dexter, you'd get 12 to 14 episodes a season. Doctor Who has been a phenomenal resurgence of popularity, but they give you just enough. Yeah. And then they pull it away from you. And British TV is a great example, Ralph, because they know what to do. They'll, they'll, they'll bring a series out for two or three seasons, That's and it. their seasons are like 10, well, some Sometimes cases only six. six yeah, yeah, six to 12 episodes long. And they do three of them, and they're done, and the actor's on to something else. Yeah, Tom and Catherine put, put us on to Little Britain. And little Britain. Oh, I love Little Britain. <laughs> little... We should rewatch that sometime. Oh, too. we should. Uh, I'm, I'm going to. That's been that So funny. It's so much funny. But it's it was it was two two men who did all the characters, men, women, and everything. They cross dressed oh, okay. everything. Monty Python esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they Very. did this series, and it was about two seasons, three seasons, and then something like that. It evaporated. Well, Faulty Towers was only two seasons, right? Really? Now mm-hmm. I don't even think it was two. I think it was like one season of eighteen episodes or something stupid. It's not a whole lot. And some mm-hmm. people no, say the best sitcom ever. Faulty Towers. Faulty Towers. Pretty good. As far as ri- being written and things like that. Do you, mean, I, you know what show I used to love when Tim and I were in college? We used to watch it all the time was The um, the Young Ones on MTV. I don't know The Young Ones. I don't know that one. It was the four college guys that lived together. And they, all the actors look like they're in their mid-40s pretending to be college guys. <laughs> yeah, right. But exactly. It, you know, they got the, the punk rocker. They've got kind of the, the poet. Uh, then they've got the cool guy. And then they've they've got the just narcissistic jerk. And it's a, it's a great show. And then I tried to watch it again recently. It's one of those where it's like, oh, my God, this is so horribly dated. You just I can't oh, yeah. enjoy it at all. But right. it's yeah. such a funny, clever show. And that's my point is that whenever they try to resurrect these shows, you're resurrecting it in a different cultural time, a yeah, different you are. time yeah. frame. It doesn't work. Yeah, but there are shows you can watch. Andy Griffith, you can still watch today and get in, and enjoy it. Love the it. Honeymooners, you can still watch and Ugh. enjoy it. But some of these shows you go back and you revisit and you're like, God, I can't. This is but horrible. But you can't resurrect it. Right. No, That's I agree the thing. with you that. You can't resurrect the, the Honeymooners. You can't resurrect... Well, they've the, resurrected and, SWAT now. They've resurrected a few of those TV shows. Is it? I and haven't seen just, it. Oh, it's terrible. I think you can resurrect anything as long as you know how. But I don't think... I think a lot of things are so difficult that so few people would know how to do it correctly that it's not even worth trying. Yeah. Like, the like uh, yeah, if you tried to resurrect the Honeymooners, I think... It could be done. Not. No. They did it with, uh, yeah. but they did a black cast. They did, what was it, Cedric the Entertainer yeah, and was, some other, yeah. and that was horrific. Well, I mean, just and because it wasn't they did there. it horribly doesn't mean it's impossible. And yeah. then a lot of people have do done, like, little vignettes on their own shows right. with, with doing the Honeymooners. Yeah, so. that, there's certain shows like that that have such a, a lightning strike yeah. that you can't see and that show up. with anybody else ever. And it's the time. Right. It's the time that's because people, you know, you, you don't have your, your next door neighbor. It's not a bus driver. It's not the same. Right. It's not, no, it's, it's not, just the not the same. same. You don't right. have a sewer. Right. It's just not the same yeah, I suppose the social city, situation. But the funny. city is either a ghetto or the ivory tower. Those are basically the two options when you live in the city now. And you could, But you can still enjoy it. Those are weird ones, right? Because those are some of the reruns you can watch and still just laugh and, oh, and yeah. just enjoy it. And then 
there are other shows that you just like and another example in that kind of vein can you watch good times now and enjoy it i, I used to love that show and today it's sure just like that would hold up anymore yeah no, probably I think it not. does it's, really? it's got it's got some timeless stuff in it yeah, yeah. some timeless humor and some it just doesn't uh, i can tell you one show that doesn't hold up anymore is all in the family no you watch that show well, and you just it's cringeworthy. You're like, oh, geez, this was cutting edge. This was really good stuff at the time, and now it's just like, I don't even really see how this. I mean, it was it was really well written and well acted for its time, and it was like you said, it was a capture and a snapshot of our place in history at that point. But it's almost difficult to watch, and it's not because I'm overly politically correct, but it's just like this doesn't even this is not entertaining to me in any way anymore. Are there still temporary layoffs? Yeah. <laughs> On good time. That's what I would like to know. No, I I think you're right about that. Bringing stuff like that back. I mean, look, as a little kid, Ralph Cramden inheriting, uh, to Ralph Cramden, I leave my fortune. Do you ever see that episode? Yeah, I've seen them all. I'm just telling you, when they find, you find out what fortune is, is fantastic. Because the first thing that Ralph does is holler, I'm rich. And he calls his boss to tell him that you are a bum. <laughs> you are a bum. Are a bum. <laughs> I thought, uh, you Fabulous. know what, though? That, that's even a proof. When they kind of redid that Honeymooners with a different Trixie and a different yeah, Alice, yep, yep. that show didn't hold up. No, and you had the not. two main guys back, and their humor was still Yep. But the show just didn't feel right. And Alice had, was a huge part of that show. Right. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Huge part of it. Because you just, well, Catherine is. She's your Alice. Her. Yeah, you're Alice. You are. You're such a loser. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, it's a strong, <laughs> strong woman who was able to overpower the big, blustering idiot husband. The greatest line in the history of television. Who's <laughs> Ralph yeah, I'm Alice. <laughs> <laughs> when Ralph says to, to Alice... You don't understand, Alice. This is going to be big. It's going to be huge. This is going to be the biggest thing I've ever gotten into. And there was a pause. And she said, the biggest thing you've ever gotten into are your pants. <laughs> <laughs> that was unbelievable. Ah, the good old days. The good old days when you can make fun of somebody's fat ass. <laughs> oh, fat he, and he was the one writing a lot of yeah, that, he, right? Oh, so God, you yeah. know that that was the... Yep. The, the oh, whole did pitch. He? I didn't oh, yeah, realize... he was behind a lot of the stuff, but he didn't like to do the rehearsals. Well, he never I, rehearsed. I, see, that's what I'm, my belief system is, is that he didn't show up and he was ad-libbing most of the time. Right, but no, he knew, the, he knew the, the, the framework. They would give him, this is the starting, but this is where we're going. Oh. So he knew what was coming on, and he knew the jokes because he had to set her up for the jokes. Okay, so he had the rough draft, and right. he just went with it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did so ad-lib good. sometimes when it was like something went off script, but that wasn't right. that... That wasn't too common back then. I'm telling you, Norton. God, he was. Uh, if you're a big Jackie Gleason fan, if you've ever never, if you've not seen the movie Soldier <laughs> in the Rain, you have to see it. It is an incredibly good movie. Steve McQueen and Jackie Gleason in the army, and it's a it's a drama. <coughs> There's some very funny oh, things yeah. in it, but it's it's one of the. Oh God, it's a great movie. Better than Gigo. What's that? I said, is it better than Gigo? I love I know Gigo. you do. Oh, God. I remember I hearing you on the KQ Morning Show 30 years ago when I moved here talking about it, and then I had to go try to find a copy to did watch. Did you ever find it? Yeah, I did. It was great. When he starts hitting himself in the face. Yeah. I oh, think you're getting God. very close to Jackie Gleason who years, though, right? I mean, pretty soon, nobody's going to know who he is. Yeah, that's true, un- unfortunately. Yep. Don't say like that. <laughs> well, it's been a long not, not time. Right. Jackie Gleason died at 70 years old. Sad. 
Very, yeah. very sad. That's wasn't all his last movie was the one with Tom Hanks, right? Yeah. Uh, what was that called again? His, he played his dad, didn't yeah. he? What was the name what? of that movie? Something unusual, or what, what was it? That, it yeah. might have been something unusual. You might be right. <laughs> it's something similar to that. It I is. can't remember what it is, but that was a, that was a good flick, too. Nothing in common? Nothing in common. Nothing in common. Yeah, just there like you go. unusual. Fit unusual, perfectly. nothing in common. <laughs> yeah. It all works out in the end. Everything's fantastic. So many of those shows do require a, uh, a person that is, is maybe writer, director, actor, uh, editor. All right. in one. So if you look at Jeremy Clarkson for Top Gear from, from the BBC, right. he had a little uh, funny little, uh, 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 no, it, was, it wasn't assault, it was a battery against one of the, so they let him go, let the whole show go. Now it's on, now it's on Amazon Prime. They changed the name, and, and he, did it, he did everything on that show, and this new show is exactly the same. It just works. Now what is it? What show is it? Yeah, well, it was originally called uh, Top Gear. Top Gear. Oh, Top Gear. And now the yeah. new one is the. Yeah, I can't remember the uh, new name on it. No, the uh, Journey. Um, oh, what do you call it? The, what do you call the uh, the trip that the people would take in Europe to uh, educate themselves? The uh, oh yeah, God, what, what is it called? Oh, get the name of it. Sabbatical. No, no, no. pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. It was called the uh, Great White Hope. No, it's no. something in French, isn't it? No, no, it's a, it may be a French term, but it's a, anyhow. But, but yeah, that's the Grand they, Tour. The Grand Tour. Yes. Thank you. The Grand Tour. Thank you. Yeah, the, there's a Grand Tour. <laughs> so oh they're really just resurrecting this whole thing with a huge budget, more than what they may have had on the BBC, to be honest. And, and I think you're right, too, is it? It's, it's always had that one creative. Like, I love Lucy. Yeah. Lucy and Desi worked so well because they had a, Desi had an eye for what he knew would work. Yep. And she had the eye for the comedic timing yeah, of it. Yeah, she had great time. And they, they just put that thing together. And even when they were divorced and still did the, le, uh, the Lezzy, the Desi and Lucy <laughs> show. Lezzy and Ducey. <laughs> that doesn't work either way. <laughs> Lezzy and like Ducey. Well, really like their, bad show. It's like their movie, what, the long trailer? Yeah, they, oh, yeah, the long trailer. They're, right. they're Mickey and, what what is it? It's like Trucy or something. They... they it's Ricky and Lucy, the exact same yes. characters, but they named their names like Mickey and Trucy. It's yeah. just dumb, but Mickey and but Trudy. they had that they had that lightning that you could do, and, oh, there's and no they doubt. know how to play it out. There's and it was, no doubt. And Andy Griffith did the same thing; came into the show and just made it his own, yep. and had complete control over how it went and who the characters would be, and stayed true to that. And, and as long as it did that, they never fall. Is there yep. anything in the last two decades that no, <laughs> you can really come up with that's that can the do problem that. we're having because you can't yep. be that funny anymore because you people know, get offended. Friends was a good show. It was. Yes, it was. That was I a agree. really well comically timed show. Will and Grace, when it first came out, was a was great show. Fantastic. Frasier um, was even better. Frasier was great. Was Cheers. Really good. But again, yeah. now we're starting to get into 25 years ago. That's right. True. It's still a long time hey, ago. Hey, what about Festivus? For the rest, For of, the us. rest of us. I got your message. See, I, I was... haven't celebrated Festivus in years. What is your interest? Well, just tell me everything, huh? Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. <laughs> I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. As I rain blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the dog? It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us. I did like King of Queens. That was a good show. That was a good show on the first time. Well, she, Leah Remini, fantastic. Oh, right. Well, the whole, the whole connection between the two. They, they were very Ralph and, and Alice. Yeah. They were. Very yeah. Ralph and Alice. Well, she said to him. I saw a woman on TV today that you just love, Alyssa Milano. She's beautiful, and her name's a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back, Tom Bernard Show. My pillow is the holiday gift that keeps on giving. 
Long after the bath and body soaps have washed down the drain and the new treadmill has been turned into a clothes rack, your MyPillow gift will be guaranteeing your friends and family a great night's sleep. Buy one MyPillow and get one free online with my code KQRS or call my special offer number at 800-694-2056. Buy one, get one at MyPillow.com, keyword KQRS, or call 800-694-2056. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow. Merry Christmas. Tonight. You guys sing through his nose. Who is that? It's Biscotti. Oh, it's Biscotti? Andy Biscotti. <laughs> Andrew Biscotti. Oh. <laughs> Andrew, let's go see Andy Biscotti. I've never heard of Andy Biscotti. Andre Bocelli is oh, who Bocelli. she oh. <laughs> Have you heard about this new guy? He's so talented. Andrew Andrew Biscotti. <laughs> Andrew Biscotti. Makes oh. a hell of a cookie, doesn't he? That story. And his name's a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> that story when Lynn. Lin- so we heard this. Heard, we heard him on some some story. He was man, that sounds really pretty good. And they and they said, well, "Who is that?" And he said, "That's Andrew Bocelli." And he go, "Oh, that's really nice." And, and <laughs> Lindsay shows up about you know three or four weeks later, and she says, "You know, I saw the Andrew Bocelli on like the Today Show. He was singing." And she said, "What's what?" He kept his eyes closed, like he was really into it. He sounded like it looked like he was a little affected. He's blind. You harsh woman! I did not know he was blind. You didn't? Uh, I don't know anything about him. So, my dad and I came back from Vegas in 2001 when we went to the Super Bowl. We stopped in front of uh, Caesars, and they do the big. Yeah, the big fountain display. Right, and they were doing the Bocelli tune. Yeah. Oh yeah, and we're sitting there watching, and we come back, and we're telling my mom about it, and the two of us are talking, and we're waving our arms. So it's like psh, 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 and singing the song, and my mom just looks at me and she goes, "You two are the biggest morons I've ever met." <laughs> well, it'll happen. But we love that song. Jeez, at age twelve, he was um, goalieing for yeah. a, a soccer game. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he got hit in the eye and had a brain hemorrhage. Yeah. How yeah. hard is this soccer ball? Really? And where is this, why isn't that guy a kicker for the Vikings? Yeah. yeah. Really. But, and uh, <laughs> since this was quite some time ago, well, no, it wasn't. It was 1970. They resorted to leeches. Ah! It's like... In his eye? I guess. Oh, sure. I could see leeches, right? Because you're trying you're to draw off the extra right. blood. Yeah, but it, that's not it, how hemorrhages a, work, though. Uh, yeah, not, not. It's no, it's not. Yeah, the, the problem isn't too much blood. The problem is blood doesn't get where it's supposed to get. Yeah, right. But oh, if it's it? hemor- it, but if it's building up the pressure, well, if it was a brain hemorrhage. I mean, we want leeches on their brain. I just doesn't. Yeah, you can't. No. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess. I guess medicine in Italy in 1970 wasn't the best. You want to use Father leeches? Guido's get into radio. The, the, the hospital of Father Guido Sarducci. <laughs> Have we tried the leeches? <laughs> tried the leeches. <laughs> we got a good deal on the leeches. Let's try those. The Amtrak train that derailed in Washington State Monday morning, killing at least three people. I thought it was six people. I heard six, but now I'm hearing three again. I think that might have been a so mistake. they jumped the gun. Well, that's a big mistake. 
Is it true? The train was going 80 miles an hour in a zone limited to 30 miles yep, per hour. Yep, that's what the problem it was. 30 was. Or what? I, I it's, it says 30 here. Yep, that's Try to take the curve here. without leaning to the other side. Oh, oh it sounds yeah. like either the uh, conductor, you know, like yep. fell asleep and, or had a stroke or something. And why do we have m- people conducting trains oh, anymore? God, that's a really go. good the question. autonomous train, though. Yeah, well, what's, I mean, like, why not just have, like, a little uh, signal thing that says, okay, train, slow down to 30 here? Because it's a train. It's, but it's have not, you not you, seen it's, every James Bond movie ever made? Some guy's going to hack it and send that train barreling down the tracks and well, off Apparently the end that's the... going to happen anyway. Yeah. Because it just AI. did. The train was going 80 miles an hour in a 30-mile-per-hour zone when it came off the tracks on an overpass between Tacoma and Olympia, spilling cars onto Interstate 5. National Transportation Safety Board member Bella Dinzar uh, said Monday night, she said it was too early to tell why the train, which was making its first run on a new route, was going so fast. Washington State Transportation Department spokesman Barbara LeBeau says the train was supposed to slow down dramatically as it entered the curve. Yeah, I would imagine slowing down dramatically when you're entering a curve would be a good idea. Speed limit warnings were posted two miles ahead of the zone, so some people just weren't paying attention. That's what happened. So, so yeah, don't it's... put a warning. Just put the electronic device that slows the train. Yeah, for that would real. be good. I mean, that, that's just trivial. It's a trivial. I don't. I don't quite understand how this can even happen. It right? is very in the twenty first century. Yeah, since trains. I mean, they're going from point A to point B. It's you know, it's not something that you need a driver for. Well, it does say here, Amtrak President Richard Anderson says positive train control, a system that can slow down speeding trains, was not in use on the stretch of the track where the accident occurred. More than 70 people were injured in the crash, at least 10 of them seriously. It's not clear yet whether the three people killed were motorists or people from the train, which carried 80 passengers, five crew members, a technician. The Oregonian reports state police say 19 uninjured people from the train were reunited with their families. President Trump tweeted that the accident showed why this, his infrastructure plan must be approved quickly Though the New York Times notes that the accident happened on brand new tracks that were part of a state-funded infrastructure investment program. Yeah, over a hundred million dollars. Eight hundred. What? Eight hundred yep. million dollars. And, they, and, they, and with that eight hundred million dollars, they couldn't come up with the proper electronics to slow the train. That's no. unacceptable. Well, it's apparently unacceptable. they had it. They, they just, just it, they, oh, it he deactivated it or something. Yeah, it was turned off. So I wonder if maybe the conductor like did it on purpose. Yeah, that's why. So how long until we find out this is a, proving, some kind of terrorist attack? Oh, you, there you, go. you just prove, prove prove my point. That's why you shouldn't have people on the train directing mm, the train. Yep, they're the ones that make the quiet wrecks. What? In Mono, the- don't. <laughs> oh, monorail. Uh, Mono. <laughs> is there a chance the track could bend? The Not on your was, life, my Hebrew friend. <laughs> <laughs> what about us brain-dead slobs? You'll be given cushy jobs. <laughs> that uh, engine was laying on the street. It was. It was the picture crazy. I saw. Yeah. It was not was good. It, okay, so it was a curve coming over the top of a major thoroughfare then. Yes. 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 So uh, how do we know this wasn't? If you attempt well, to, no, you're right. If you're attempting to launch that sucker and think you're going to take out the most people, because really three people and that's the only deaths you got, that's yeah, pretty it's, remarkable. It is. It is. Because there should have been a pile up just building up. No, yep. it's, it's hard to aim a train. I've done it many right, times. But, but if you're going to hit that curve at 80, you've got a pretty good idea that that thing's going to Yeah. Well, but I mean, as long as the people are paying attention to the road, which is pretty rare, but yeah, still. Right. As lo- hey, at least the people who were driving paid attention to the road and stopped in time instead of yeah, yeah. causing a massive pileup like a bunch of well, idiots. People were, people were stuck on the road for over six to 
eight hours, right? I would have like abandoned that, yeah. my car. I love bad. the footage from, what was it, three years ago when Atlanta got the inch and a half of snow? Yeah, they're like yeah. spinning around. It's like, no, how? But they, they show the highways, and it looks like The Walking Dead. There's cars everywhere. Yeah. People are sleeping in 7-Elevens, and they're like, the blizzards have hit. And I'm like, oh, my God, what are they getting? And Tim starts <laughs> laughing. He goes, I think they're up to two and a half inches. I go, what? Yeah. And they were like, we don't. Seven people are sleeping on the floors in Seven Eleven and in the grocery stores, and the people were just walking through the. It looked like literally like the EMP had hit Post and wiped apocalypse. out all the the vehicles. People are walking bundled in the snow, <laughs> trying to get to someplace warm. I'm like, and it's can, an inch and a half of snow, and, and you we can just still go, see Ha-ha. blades of grass. You, you can know? still see blades yeah. of grass. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. come on, people, oh, come God. on, Atlanta. <laughs> well, they probably up. own two snow plows for the entire city. I don't even think they had that. Yeah. Well, but still, I mean, in St. Paul. Where I used to live, they didn't do the best job in the world of plowing, and they did I would a horrible. I would frequently be driving through six inches of snow. It's yeah. not, well, come on, we're not talking about Atlanta, hard. though. They can't even keep the lights on at the world's busiest airport. That's true. Atlanta's not the greatest. Well, that's what you want to do, though, is put your system up and then put the redundant system right next to it. <laughs> what a great idea! Well, Delta did that. They they put the put the backhoe through both the uh, primary uh, internet connection and the backup internet connection in the same ditch. Why? Well, Idiocy. It is idiocy. There's no getting around surrounded it. Surrounded by idiots. It's time to start building robots that can do this all for us, Tim. No. Yeah. No. AI, it's the only way to go. Not no. happening. Tim's not against the whole AI no. properties, the whole... I've seen too oh. many Terminator movies. <laughs> That's what it is. Don't tell Ralph that because he's in he, he he automatonic yeah. cars. Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, there's going to be a one going up and down Nicollet that silly bus. Mall or something, the that bus. bus. Are you going to go see, ride it? Did you see, see what happened feels? yesterday? <laughs> what did it do? I can't remember where this was, and it doesn't matter. There was an autonomous, an autonomous, autonomous car, autonomous uh, little bus, you know, the littler buses. It's an autonomous bus. It was backing out. It sensed there was a truck coming, so it stopped. The truck swerved and hit it anyway. <laughs> I know it's you sad. Saw that? The truck. See, it you did. just proved my point, Tom. Ralph is going to be the first one to die in a, in a Skynet takeover. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be do, do, in his do, autonomous do, do, car. And you'll be the first one to go will be the first one when the, when the autonomous car stops, you, dry, you swerve the truck <laughs> into it and hit it. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I will live, Ralph, because I will take myself offline. It'll that's, happen. That's a take yourself. That's right. <laughs> is Sue ready to go? Uh-huh. Sue, how are you? I'm terrific. How are you, Tom? Marvelous. Sue Pagini. Is that how you pronounce your name? Pagini, yeah. It's actually supposed to be P.I. P.I.? Uh, I don't know why it's written as P.A. here. Oh, it's Pagini. Yeah, Pagini. Yes, Good Italian it. name. Yes. Nice at the... No, really? I thought it was Swedish. <laughs> are you sure? Or even, or even Irish. No, good Italian name. <laughs> Sue Pagini knows what it's like to have been struck by lightning when it happened to her at age 28. Her clothes melted. Jeez. What kind of cheap clothes were you wearing? So? <laughs> Vinyl. Oh. <laughs> she goes, I know. She also knows what it's like to survive cancer, a brain aneurysm, and to be held up at gunpoint. Sue, get off my phone. <laughs> You're bad luck, I'm just telling you. Sue, how did all this happen? Well, the lightning was uh, during a rainstorm in Arizona, and um, I grabbed a hold of a fence, and the lightning conducted. Uh, oh, of all oh, the places to be oh, hit by lightning, you wouldn't think it would Arizona, be Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, when it rained there in the rainy season, it's torrential, and the, the ground can't hold it. So, we uh, live in Florida several, um, well, a couple of months out of the year, and yeah, we so we know about the whole 
5,000 gallons of rain in 10 yeah. seconds <laughs> style <laughs> rain. Right. Buckets. I used to live there, too, so I know it well. Oh, Sue, tell them. The, this is Dave Schrader from Darkness Radio, by the way, uh, sitting in with Tom. Uh, we just had Sue on our show recently, but tell tell them the aftermath. What what happened when you got hit by the lightning? What all happened to you in your clothing? Um, in those days, you know, uh, many years ago, we wore polyester because it was easy to take care of. Right. And uh, so when the lightning struck, um, it literally melted that polyester. Oh, that must have been so painful. So it just it kind of shreds. It shredded. And um, it was raining pretty hard. And so when you get through a, an event like that, what happens is the body goes into shock. And um, I was freezing to death, you know, by the time uh, my husband came back up the hill and got me. He realized what had happened when he looked up and I wasn't following him. Um, so it was, uh, it was a lightning experience, to, <laughs> to say the least. And it has totally changed my life, as I mentioned to Dave the other night. Um, it is, uh, you can use these kinds of events or experiences one of two ways. Either we go inside and we stay there and we're afraid to move out and move forward. Uh, like, what did I learn from this? What did I take from this? Or we can then think about it being an opportunity for teaching and expansion and, and transformation. So I took the second route, and um, it totally changed my life from a, a young mother of two children, very quiet, very meek, um, to going into the business world and becoming a vice president of sales in New York. Wow. That's um, a big transformation. Her newly released audiobook, Expect the Extraordinary Angelic Messages, Spiritual Encounters in the Soul of the Sky. And that's available everywhere, I'm assuming, Sue. It is available everywhere. And just so that you know, uh, I've had a, this past week I've had a great promotion going on on my website. The book is free. It's sixteen ninety five in color, ordinarily on Amazon. And it is free with postage only of two ninety five. And so we've had a... A wonderful rush on that. I send it out autographed, and I'm just anxious to get the message out that you can be extraordinary. Every day can be an extraordinary day. That's a wonderful way to look at life, isn't it? Mm. Can I, I, I want to ask one thing, Sue, without telling them the answer. This surprised me. So this woman was hit by lightning. Mm -hmm. As a quick roundtable, what do you think the odds are of being hit by lightning again? Vikings winning the Super Bowl. Well, that's got to happen once before we can worry <laughs> about it again. One, that's right. What, what do you think the odds are, Andy, of, of once you've been hit by lightning, what do you think the odds are of actually being hit by lightning ever again in your life? The same as the first time. Just oh, random? One in 11 yeah. million? One in 11 million? That's oh, yeah, getting. the odds of getting hit by Oh, you mean just like how many people have gotten hit by lightning twice, Depends basically? If you're a golfer. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, hit my lightning twice. Yeah, it's maybe one in a hundred million. What do you, what was the real number, and what was the chances of being struck again, Sue? Um, you're likely to get struck again. Nine times more likely to get struck a second time, and even after that. Why really? is that? Mm -hmm. You charged you, up. You're charged exactly. You're really? Forever? You're just charged forever. For, really? It never leaves your system. Wow, that's I remember amazing. What, uh, remember what uh, Jack Nicholson said in One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. I'm just all lit up like there's no... I can't wait till the next time I take a woman on because she'll light up and spit out dollar... What, a dollar coin. Remember he was talking about that, being all <laughs> no. charged up. It was unbelievable. So how many... So, so you've only been hit by lightning once 
Yes, I've only been hit by lightning okay. once. But you're expecting to be hit by lightning again <laughs> any minute there. Well, no, but I do, you have a sense. We have uh, horses here, and so when it starts really looking bad and you know that lightning is coming because you have these apps yeah. that tell you that, you yeah. try to get the horses in immediately because I can feel mm. in the air the expectancy of electricity coming. Wow. So I need to take about a two-minute break. Is that all right? You bet. I'll be right back in two minutes. We'll be right back with Sue Pagini, Tom Bernard Show. I'll have a blue Christmas that's certain. This is an affront to my ears. Where's Elvis? God, who is and this? When that blue <laughs> is it Mike voice? Love? Yeah, it is, is it Mike Beach Love. Voice? Really? Painful. It's it is painful. Uh-huh. That's right. That's the only version that should exist. Ah, uh, you're right, Elvis. I like it. Whenever I complain about the music, Melina lets it go on for like an hour, <laughs> just to annoy me. He does it on purpose. Sue Pagini with us, ladies and gentlemen. So you've been hit by lightning. Uh, then what came next? The cancer. Um, the cancer was really after the, the being held up at gunpoint in New York. Oh, okay. So we're, let's move on from getting hit by lightning. Now you're in, so that's in Arizona. Now you're in New York. Right. And where in New York were you when you got held up at gunpoint? I was on 85th in Madison um, in October at about 8 p.m. at night. And what? was with my husband at the time, and we were just coming back from a dinner meeting and walking up the street, and two gentlemen moved over and right on top of us and um, said move over to the fence we were near the uh, Campbell funeral home if you've ever been to New York yeah and um, said give us all your jewelry and uh, all your money and my husband to be at that point said um, I had been divorced from my first husband so my second fiance said please don't take it just just it's a new gift just keep it let her keep it on her neck and uh, the guy started laughing and reached over and yanked it and he said i'm going to give it to my mother for safekeeping oh god uh, yeah so um yeah it was a, a very unusual experience and i um this internal voice came to me because they had a gun and uh said drop to your knees and tell them that you're pregnant and you're going to be sick and by that time people were all across the street on Madison because it was so beautiful. They had their children out. They were going to get ice cream. This is a residential section. And uh, so I dropped on my knees and uh, he pointed the gun at my head and he said, lady, I don't know if you're lying or not, but I'm going to blow your brains out. And I said, then that's what you're going to have to do because I'm going to be sick all over the street. Oh, God. So obviously he didn't do that unless you really made a hell of a recovery. (laughs) No, No, he didn't. They just, it I think it broke the momentum so quickly. Um, oh, yeah. And he just said, well, okay. And then by that time, he looked around and saw all these people there, and he said, we got what we came for. We're, we're out of here. And off they went. Jeez. They walked across the street to Fifth Avenue, and uh, we called the police, ran over to a restaurant, called the police. They came, and the, what we had found out is that these two guys had killed two doormen. Ooh. on the west side a couple of weeks earlier because they didn't have enough money for them. Oh, my God. So they killed them. Yeah. It was their fault they didn't have enough money on them because they knew they were going to get held up. Yeah, so these were ruthless guys. Would this uh, happen to have been in the 90s, perhaps? Yes, it was in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. New York yeah. crime rate yeah. was uh, yep. crime was the highest it has ever been in the country in the nineties. Oh, yep. is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That was well, bad. I could certainly vouch <laughs> yeah. for that. Yeah. Well, it's coming again. I'll tell you that we uh, you have to force people to behave, and they just don't do it. So they're gone now. So what did you do? Then you did? Did you actually get sick? No. So you didn't. You stood up and no. And then, then my fiance at the time, soon to be my husband, looked down at me and said, "Sue, not now." Like he had no concept of what I was doing, what was going on. He was like shocked. Yeah. But the voice was so urgent. You know, it was a your your internal intu- intuitive voice, whatever that voice is. Mm-hmm. I call it a little something different in the book, but it always dates back, comes back to our intuition um, helped save my life and helped save both of our lives. If it had been later at night, there had not been people on the street, I don't know what would have happened. Right. Um, but we came through that, and sure enough, they found the gun and they found the jewelry because they had to have something to book them on. And when they ran the gun, um, the, it matched uh, all the ballistics for the, the two previous murders. Wow. So they were put away for life. Well, that's wonderful to hear they were put away for life. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, the police were terrific. I mean, they were really terrific. They were right on top of everything. So um, it, it worked out fine. We didn't have to go to court. We didn't have to do anything. Um, Bob was very concerned that there might be a gang related to this deal, and if we showed our faces, what could happen with that? You know, So we didn't know who these people were, who these guys were. So anyway, it worked out fine for us, but it was a very, a very interesting uh, experience. So now you, you said the voice in your head, you call it something else in the book. What do you, what do you call it in the book? Well, in the book I call it angelic messages. Mm-hmm. Be- because when I was struck by lightning, um, th- I, my life was also saved. And what happened in that instance was when I was standing up, and the next thing I could lightly remember was that I was face down with mud in my nose and my eyes and everything. And... In between that time, I guess when I had been thrown up in the air and back down again, um, a voice came to me and said, you can't leave now. You have to go back to the children. Really? Mm -hmm. So that's called a near-death experience. Right. Um, And the voice said, Sue, move your legs back and forth so that the fire does not reach your heart. So all these many years later, I can remember those words verbatim. Um, they, <laughs> needless to say, they don't go out of your system or out of your brain. No. Um, and so the book is about believing that there is more than just the human experience. That's what the real message of the book is. That's the first message. The second message is about living your life to the fullest, living fearlessly. Do not give up. Because there are other stories in there of other people who have had near-death experiences. One, which is very exciting, even though it was very tragic, he came through it, is about a special operator. Uh, they're call- he's particularly called a pararescueman from the Air Force, and they're the same as the Navy SEALs, just from the Air Force. Okay. And so he also had a near-death experience because he fell uh, 3,500 feet in the air when his parachute didn't open. <sighs> So what did we learn? And then there's one more story, but what did we learn? What did we come away with? What, how can we translate this for others? So the book is really about believing that you're not alone, 
believing that there is help, that there's guidance, that there's love, and uh, to maximize your life, take chances. Take chances for change, I always say, because change helps every one of us expand who we are and grow in bigger and better ways. I think it's a wonderful message. I mean, how can anybody look at this as not a wonderful, uh, wonderful learning experience, a wonderful story? Uh, it's very, very positive. Well, especially in today's environment, and we've talked about it on the show about the victimization right. categories. Everybody right. is a victim of what happens to them, and, and they allow themselves to be broken. This woman's lived through cancer. She's lived through having a gun pushed to her head. She's lived through a lightning strike. She's lived through an aneurysm. Mm. And instead of letting that... Nobody voted differently in her family and then told them about told her about it so well, there's that. <laughs> but she's able to that step would have up. broken her right yeah, that, there that would, have been, that would have been the end of it that's just great to hear that somebody could to take yeah, that instead of letting it break her and that be what defines her she stood back up and is is helping others with this exact you know dealing with this and, and inspiring them to see that there's more to it and boy that's like a it's a wonderful life revisited you about eight times already it really is the opposite of uh, the modern zeitgeist, isn't it? Yeah. No, oh, it absolutely is. Now, when you got the brain aneurysm, where were you? Were you standing? Were you sitting? Were you lying down? Where were you when that happened? I was uh, right here. I'm in my home office, and I have two big windows out here, and we have horses right out in front of me in, okay. in this pasture, and the light, a light came across the pasture, and I said, wow, what's that light? And it's coming, and I'm on a I'm on a radio talk show, talking to an audience. Actually, it's a call-in show, so I'm on the radio, and um, this light starts coming across the field, and the next thing I know, it comes into my forehead. Oh, and oh man! Down my spine, and so I thought, I I'm, I thought maybe I got the flu all of a sudden. Maybe that's the way it manifested. So I'm saying to the host, uh, I'm really sorry, Cynthia. I'm I think I've got the flu. I'm going to have to go lie down. I feel really funny. She said, this is a terrific show. Come right back on after you feel better. So <laughs> <laughs> I said, mm, okay. So from then on, um, I knew something serious had happened because I had to lie down and I couldn't move. And we happened to have some folks here that help us on the, the farm. And uh, I called my husband from my cell and I said, something's happened to me. I can't move. I'm on the floor. And he said, what do you feel? And I said, he has a medical background from being a pararescuement. They have two years of medical training. So he, he said, well, how do you feel? And I said, I can't move my neck, and I feel like something is going down my spine. So he called 911 immediately and said, I think my wife has just had a brain aneurysm. Uh, I want to prepare you for that. You need to get to her as soon as possible. And we live out in the boonies. Mm, we live here on a, on a farm with horses. So... Uh, it took them a little bit to get here, but they were great. Um, and then they took me to a major hospital here, but then transferred me to a, a very special neurosurgeon who did a spectacular job. What part of your brain did the aneurysm hit? It hit right over my right ear in a very small vein, and that was the difficulty. They couldn't mm -hmm. find it. Mm, they couldn't even find it then, yeah. That couldn't find it. And so when he came, brought me back out the third time, he said... Uh, Sue, I have to tell you, I've been doing this for a long time, and I've never seen an aneurysm in this particular place because it had been a bleeding aneurysm. By that time, it had ruptured, you know, that's what caused mm -hmm. all the issues. So he said, you, um, you would be one of 15 people in 25 years that pulls through this. Jeez. 
Real? Oh, I really? wouldn't doubt the lightning strike had something to do with that. Well, that's what I said. I said, he said it's been too many years for that, mm. but I don't think so. Yeah, because, I mean, if it, even if it just weakens the vessel wall a little bit, you know, right. it'll right. happen. And, and he said, but he said, which is interesting, he said that you're, this is really a congenital um, issue, mm. that you were born with this. It was a weakened spot that you were born with. And I've had a couple of falls off of horses um, and had a, at least one concussion. So I think you're right. It was the lightning. It was the concussion. All of that added to the aneurysm. And um, it was, uh, it took me six months before I could really get up out of bed. You know, I got out of bed, of course, but to get up and walk around and go over and see the horses and, and do anything, I, I couldn't drive for about six months. So uh, very lucky indeed. Uh, he, they did a great job. They did an outstanding job for me. Um, I had no effects afterwards. I could have easily had a stroke. Uh, I didn't have anything. I had no paralysis. So... I am, my life is just dedicated. The next book I'm writing is about people who make huge impacts on society. They're called bridges. They, they bridge. And they bridge us to topics and areas that we're not familiar with. And so I'm using the surgeon as a bridge to understand what we are capable of if we can pull ourselves through uh, a health issue and never give up. Did you ever say, why me? What's, <laughs> yeah, what the? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Particularly okay. this event. And I, <laughs> the first person I called was, I have a couple of mentors that I work with as I go uh, through these years of understanding the whys. Why am I here? Uh, what am I supposed to be doing? What contributions do I have to make? So I called her from the hospital bed, and uh, I said, um, Ardell, what is this about? I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and she said, you signed on for it. I said, what do you mean? She said, it was a contract that you had before you ever came in. Before you were ever born, this was a contract you and your maker had together. I said, what do you mean by that? And she said, you are to take this event, this happening, this experience, and glean from it what you want others to be able to do with their lives. You didn't give up. You work hard every day to get your body back so you can do the things you want to do. So how can you help others? That's what this is about. And so I, as I mentioned to, to Dave the other night, I, I mentioned to him and I said, uh, there are two things that we all have to think about when we decide that uh, it's the end of our lives. So we have two questions that we will be asked when we reach the other side, if you will. And one is, did you have joy? Mm, big question, particularly this time of the year. And number two is, did you make a difference? So if those are the only two things that should be relative to humanity, those are the things that I am working with personally because when you get busy trying to make a difference you forget the joy part it is a wonderful story and you know after the holidays we're gonna have to get to the cancer part <laughs> we have to go now <laughs> Sue Pagini thank you so much expect the extraordinary angelic messages spiritual encounters in the soul of the sky Sue we will talk next year I hope 
Oh, I would love it. And thank you so much for having me on. Our great pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.